Yeah, hi, welcome back. Uh, my name is James, one half of Failure Understanding Karen Kunst. Welcome back to part two. This is the second half of our conversation with Laurie Lacks. To listen to the first part, that is obviously available now, and we do recommend that you listen to that part first. This part does have its own coherency, uh, so you can, of course, listen to this uh, part on its own if you so choose to do so. Thank you so much for listening to this series of podcasts by Failure, Understanding Care and Kunst. Okay, but we're like uh, mental health and environment. Yeah, no, so I do actually think, uh, or I don't know, I'm wary to say that yes, mental health, uh, bad mental health has increased, or mental ill health has increased, because I think it's been such a, <laughs> it's been handled so terribly for so long, mm-hmm. and societally has been absorbed in so many different ways. But I do think anxiety, uh, not as like a, oh, I'm feeling a bit anxious about no. something, but like, chronic anxiety as a condition has increased massively mm-hmm. and I do wonder and depression I think yeah and depression or yeah again like I think depression is maybe one of these more that has operated as a yeah I don't know in some like, places I think it's increased yeah not everywhere but I think definitely in, in attachment to, or in, in correlation with this uh, mass increase in anxiety. Mm. I do think, uh, I do think that's very connected to uh, our relationship to work and our relationship to the environment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not in that we need to get out and walk more in yeah. nature, but like we are in a climate crisis and there's very little we as individuals can do about it. Yeah, and how do you get motivation to do something about yeah. it when you're not, if you're not feeling great anyway? Mm, yeah, yeah. You, you have to be quite confident and optimistic to mm-hmm. even feel, and feel that you have autonomy or like agency maybe is the one. Mm. All of those things to even bother doing anything. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and even when you when you start doing it, then you realize it's also completely <laughs> it's not hopeless. I read a very nice thing on Twitter yeah. this morning. Not that Twitter is the best place for this, mm. but just someone who is like, we are so much closer to the end of this than you think. Don't give up hope. Essentially, about oh yeah, fossil fuels. Okay. Yeah. Um, that the fossil fuel com- companies are much closer to crumbling then we would like to think and to have mm. hope. And I think that's true. There is like, there's also just like far too much overwhelming evidence to the point that like most governments now actually can't publicly take decisions. Uh, yeah. Like it's, uh, like France I think has instigated quite a few policies, uh, France being like a really horrible, not very nice country. <laughs> Not as a country, as a government, <laughs> obviously, it has really? Like, some really mm. garbage takes and a lot of misogyny too. A lot of misogyny, a lot Sorry, of Islamophobia, a lot of anti, yeah, just a lot of racism, a lot of anti-migrant mm. bullshit. Mm. 
Mm. Also, a lot of weird, horrible new liberal politics. Anyway, mm. but they have like, some like environmental uh, policies, like they're banning domestic flight. Mm. Oh. Um, and I like, I really can't remember what this thing that they're bringing in is. Because of Corona? Or? No, no, because of because of environmental impact. If you can take the uh, journey by train, then. Kind of That's quite good, isn't it? Yeah, this is like one of the good ones. Wow. Yeah. No, it's the Netherlands, sorry. No, it's France that brought this in, but it's the Netherlands that have brought in a case against Shell. Uh-huh. Yeah, that looks like I, I it think they passed through. Yeah. in the first mm. stage of it anyway, yeah. Mm. Like cool. the Dutch Constitutional Court. Wow, cool. Yeah. Well, so they're that, so yeah. good at bureaucracy, aren't they? Yeah. yeah and, uh, but yeah. they can't offer it anymore because they yeah. Yeah, yeah. within the Netherlands or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, it's something like yeah, they're just they're, they're, Yeah, like they have to stop because yeah. of climate yeah, you know, climate change or whatever, yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. So I think that's it as well. It's like yeah. to remember uh I mean that it's not necessarily health if you have chronic anxiety, like it's still mm-hmm. very crippling. But that we are closer to winning this battle. I mean, we can't win climate change. This is something that is happening now. But we can bring the end, or like we can mitigate how terrible it is. Mm-hmm. But it's just, as always, it's just always the rich people with loads of money are going to be fine. Unless we eat them. Yeah. <laughs> to me, rather than having a conversation about not having babies, it's like, how do we literally get rid of those really rich people? Billionaires. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like eight fewer billionaires or eight fewer babies. You know, like, <laughs> like it's uh, you. You take those. Uh, yeah. Those eight billionaires out, and you. Yeah. Um, you can have babies. <laughs> not to, we're not talking about murdering them, we're just talking about limiting their... And just making them live like the rest of us, and like a yeah. people... Um... <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're not happy, which is what drives them to to be so obscenely greedy. Yeah, I don't really know, like I actually can't... As much as I love pathologising everybody, <laughs> like I really can't, I don't understand how you can... I mean, Jeff Bezos might just be like a psychopath. <laughs> he's but like, what is that? He's with Grimes. I couldn't believe that. No, it's Elon, Elon Musk. Elon, Elon Musk, sorry. Elon. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very funny. Yeah, yeah that was. <laughs> what? This world is. Completely but, but there's there's also a sense in which, say, for example, when you're talking about the, the richest people in the world, to what extent is that actually real? The world? I'm not saying like yeah. they are not rich. I'm saying that Those there's companies. something fundamentally wrong with our economy. Yeah, exactly. Well, not only in terms of how things are valued and how they can't take account for externalities, but also in terms of say something like uh, uh, Tesla, Tesla stock. I mean, it's obviously. Like, there's something weird going on. Mm. It's about how people have been in their home during the pandemic and they've been investing in it. There's also investing in, in stocks through lots of different apps and mm. you know, and that's the meme stock or whatever. I think, mm. like, there's also a lot of manipulation and, and speculation and there's a lot of 
there's a lot of capital that needs to be invested with nowhere really to productively invest. Mm. Um, so, yeah, some, something like Tesla, I think it's the most, I feel I'm confident in saying it is the most, like, just raw numbers, the most overvalued company in the history of humanity. Um, like, it's worth 20 times more than, than Volkswagen or something like that. And wow. yeah, I think it's made, I want to say it's made one profit or something like that. Mm. And obviously so much yeah. of what it, it produces is completely built on state subsidy in America. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, the, 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 there's a massive problem, but because so many people invested in it, yeah, and because it is still the meme stock, it just keeps on going up. And I mean, this was the Amazon model for a while. Like, mm. it's, it's mm. Yeah, the Facebook model. Like, you just make no money for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you keep mm. on putting your money in. And that's, and that's because there's nowhere else to productively invest capital. <sighs> so yeah, we're stuck with this. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel as well, uh, because obviously one of the things that we seem to end up doing talking a lot when we're, we're like part of this project me and, me and Ruth is we talk a lot about the minutiae but we very rarely reflect on the the really big you know historical epochal uh, yeah. it's not tuned for those kind of of, of mm. conversations and I do feel I do feel that there is a sense to which everybody is waiting for the the moment of rapture for the moment of this whole system to come tumbling down. Yeah. For everybody's just wanting the release, and even if it's a negative release, even if yeah. it is like the fascist takeover, there's a certain cl- yeah. clarity, and there's a certain there's a certain uh, death drive. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, absolutely. And there's just something very clear uh, in in the in the final mm-hmm. and the revolution, and whether it be people wanting. This sort of Trumpian right wing, and then they take over, and blah blah blah, and, or whether it's this this idea that it's all going to collapse very soon, and the economies are going to be this great final. Uh, everything is just completely uh, pumped up by fiat money, and, and nothing makes any sense. Completely detached from the real economy. I feel that there's this desire that when you're sitting here and it feels so hopeless, and, and mm. everyone's trapped, this somehow we all know that this system cannot go on. And that's mm-hmm. clearly true, but at the same point in time, you're wishing for this moment of absolution, this moment of crystal clear clarity, of this moment of even if the bad thing happens, mm. like the fascist takeover, at least it's a way out of the deadlock. I mean, like Gramsci phrase yeah. about the interregnum, where we're kind of that's in why, this, yeah. this period of the between. Yeah. And we are in the between. And I think yeah. everybody's wanting just to find the way out of the, mm. out of the, the room, basically. Mm. Yeah. Maybe just to bring quickly bring that back to like just thinking quickly about mental health. Like a key aspect of chronic anxiety is catastrophizing. So constantly wishing for the end or expecting the end because you uh, you're so full of anxiety mm-hmm. and so full mm-hmm. of f- f- fear that there you know there has to be some sort of pinnacle mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. But like <clears throat> so as a as a society, I guess we're kind of catastrophizing. But is that chronic anxiety is that like ill mental health or is that just a very clear analysis of the situation we're living in that there does mm-hmm. have to be a point when this all yeah. crumbles mm. or like yeah mm-hmm. mm. like in, maybe it's not mental health when it's not individuals I don't know or it's like 
I wonder if it could be compared to some natural process mm -hmm. of species that die out or um, colony collapse of... I, I, I don't know, are we be dri being driven this way? You know, there's a lot of thoughts about that with the mm -hmm. pandemic, is it sort of nature's way of just mm -hmm. dealing with us? Um, yeah. You know, I part of it, but I mean... Yeah, it's the Chinese government's way of dealing with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or it's... Uh, reckon? Or it's, uh, no, I don't think it's a Chinese. I think... Uh, I, I'm a believer in the lab leak conspiracy theory because, you know, why not? It's more fun to believe that. But I don't think it was deliberate. That makes no sense. I think it's more fun to believe that it was just an accident. I think that makes it a little bit... Gives it more meaning, doesn't it? You know, the pandemic yeah. rather than just... So I'm thinking, there's nobody will really know, nobody will ever know, unless like the communist regime collapses and a little bit of information people can speak out or whatever. Mm. We're, never, we're never actually going to know. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just I think it's more fun to believe that it's uh, it was a lab accident. It gives it a little bit more meaning, a little bit more purpose. You know, we're never going to find the smoking we call it the, the smoking pangolin. Did somebody put it? The smoking. Like, the smoking pangolin. So obviously this coronavirus has not been found in any pangolins, which was yeah. the idea that it came out from bats to pangolins to humans, but we've not found the... I don't know what a pangolin we've not is. not found any. Oh, they're really so cute. cute. Yeah, they're the little cute armoured uh, yeah. guys, but they're uh, super endangered because they're used in Chinese medicine. Yeah. So they're like super, super... Uh, yeah, they're probably the cutest thing you'll ever see. I mean, they're just like cartoonishly cute. Oh, and they got those big eyes. Yeah, and they've kind of got little little hands. They've got little, little big Yeah, they've got little hands. Little they're like little armadillos. Uh, not like armadillos, but yeah, like, yeah, they're like cute armadillos. That's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. So, so people yeah. think it went from bats to pangolins. Well, that was the one of the original theories. Um, because it's now. Oh, like, come on, this has to be finished. Oh wow! Amazing. Cute, those little hands. I only have those with the cutest photos. Wow. If you were to type cute finger. It's like a little bit left hand. Yeah, I think that's pretty cute. And obviously, uh, one, of the, one of the convincing art, or one of the things that points to maybe being a, a, a lab leak from China is, of course, that they haven't found any infected animal species mm -hmm. with the exact coronavirus that we well. have. So yeah, it's all very suspicious. Well, I mean, bad things do happen. Bad things do happen, and state governments are definitely Corrupt. crazy. Yeah. Uh, creating their own oh, I watched viruses. Yeah. 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 I watched that. About At the start of the lockdown, I watched um, oh, wow. Chernobyl, which was a very bad idea. Have you watched that? Yes, uh, ruined porn. Um, very good, yeah. Or disaster tourism or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's the thing. She's doing aesthetics. Um, yeah, because that was obviously this great <laughs> moment of... Um, yeah, that, that is often seen as the, the moment that the Soviet, the system as such was never going to recover from in the Soviet Union because it was the moment where the faith that it was better in any way, mm. maybe even technologically superior, it could harness the forces of science better than the, the United States and uh, could manage these big projects, which is like a redeeming feature, I suppose, of that model. 
that came crumbling down because of course it, yeah the pipeline blew up and then of course when when you uh, yeah when you get into it when you watch Chernobyl and assuming that most of what is in there is correct you realize how many how many things had to go wrong for yeah. something to go wrong and I'm always amazed in life whenever something goes wrong how many things have to go wrong before something goes wrong if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, and in Chernobyl it's, it's this complete you've got the superstructure which is that the Soviet Soviets were um, mm. repressing and banning and censoring research about mm. nuclear reactors particularly because a lot of their nuclear re- reactors were uh, there's certain flaws in them if you do certain things there's certain flaws right so there's that level and that obviously doesn't feed down but then the scientist himself was there's obviously the bureaucrats and the pressures mm. put on certain energy production quotas etc etc then the level below that there's like ambitious there's uh sort of pretty stupid bosses like human stupidity then below the tier below that there's like just really ambitious people mm-hmm. and tier below that there's there's uh yeah just human human hubris and uh there's do decided to do one experiment that was like a fatal flaw because of the fatal design so they push ahead with the the the, the safety experiment. test yeah the safety test yeah they, ran they believed safety. it was literally impossible test. Yeah, they did a simulation of what would happen if there was a, yeah. a, a meltdown, and then it melted down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah. yeah. Because they believed it was impossible, like by the laws of physics, it was impossible to do the yeah, to melt it down. But they did it because they were unaware. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that's. Uh... And he pushed the limits as well. The guy doing the safety test, I believe, if I remember correctly, on the sort of instructions of his boss or wanting to impress his boss yeah tried to, to get promotion yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. in the film yeah, yeah. that's how it's portrayed yeah, yeah. I don't know how true yeah, it, it is in real life like, yeah. but I mean things like that happen all of the time like I mean and entropy is like things becoming more and more complex yeah and it's like more and more like to get to the point where we have this car so many things have had to line up in the right order mm. for us to have like waterproof skin so many things have had to line up in the right order for that to happen Uh, and so for failure we can say oh yeah but it's like so statistically unlikely because you have you know so many things that have to line up in the wrong order but it happens all the time and it can happen in a different order every time and it still fails yeah so or you still get like a new evolution or you know we're positives there as well (laughs) but uh, I don't know where I was going with this. Like, I think Chernobyl, yeah. I think yeah, you should yeah, be very yeah. aware with nuclear. <laughs> nuclear yeah. I think I'm pretty anti nuclear, yeah. uh, anti nuclear mm. energy, basically. Because, mm. uh, I mean, they always seem very corrupt, the, well, the ones that are in charge of it. Yeah. I mean, and how, mm. how it's linked to yeah. a certain part of government and, I don't know, yeah. Corporate. They're building a massive one in near Bristol. It's okay. I listen to a podcast mm. and I'm pro nuclear. You are. After I listen Germany to has a lot of it. It's always been pro nuclear, though. Yeah, that's because, I, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, the designs are much safer than what they were back in the day. And there are tons that actually work without much accident now. And where you have the famous accidents, they happened in a lot of the, like, the first generation 
nuclear power plants like in uh, this place in Japan, Fukushima, mm -hmm. uh, obviously Chernobyl, like a lot of the very early nuclear power plants in America, that famous one. Um, I think it's a little bit like air travel, isn't it? It's that thing where if something goes wrong, you are completely fucked. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if something yeah. goes, the chances are you, you take like, 60 trillion flights and you don't die. But if something goes wrong, you're going to die. Yeah, it's you know like I mean? it's kind of it's kind of like that, isn't it? With 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 nuclear power, yeah. Where it's like it functions well, functions well, functions well, functions well, and it, uh, and then something big happens, mm. and uh, and everyone dies. <laughs> but then the it's counter, the counter, as the nuclear, yeah. as the as a lot of people will say, like the cost of of say carbon and not dealing with climate change will kill more people than right. even the worst nuclear disaster. Right, right, right. Yeah. Is, the, is, the, calcula is the, the very simple utilitarian calculation mm. that a lot of people make. And I think, I think that's valid. I think my problem is that it's like putting your eggs in a basket because you, can't, you don't want to... It's like, I, I feel it's a bit like the recycling thing. Yeah, it's like playing into this fantasy. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, okay, we've got this more, thing, more, so we're going to do this, and you're like, okay, but what if you put all of the energy that you're putting into designing this thing into a different renewable source that's not going to, you know, like, melt out? <laughs> or, like, also, because you still have nuclear waste. At the end of it, even when everything is functioning yeah. and going right, you still have nuclear waste, and we're still, yeah. after 60 years of nuclear power, we still don't know what to do with all of this waste we've created that is radiating. Just being stored. Yeah. We yeah. do have a solution, and that is, of course, to launch it into the sun. That's true. But that does sound quite risky. That does sound... Is that a, a serious idea? Well, I think that was one of... When they were thinking about it, they were like, okay, it stays radioactive for how many years? Like, is it 120,000 years mm. or something? It can still stay radioactive and deadly for however many tens of thousands. So they're really worried that humanity would maybe have evolved into something else. Uh, and therefore, they came up with all these crazy ideas. I say they, I believe it was some commission in the United States, came up with this uh, uh, commission to figure out if they were storing this waste underground, how to let people know in 20,000 years not to mm -hmm. go in there. And they came up with all these crazy ideas about about breeding certain cats, uh, for example, that would glow in the dark. Um, if they walked past it with the radiation, the cats would start glowing. And they talked about creating, a, these people suggested creating a folk tradition, like folk music, where they would beware of, of the, you know, the yellow cats. Okay. Stay away from the yellow cats and then create these songs, that would, very simple songs that would be passed down. So that was one thing. And obviously, I think the radioactive symbol we have, you know, the yellow and the black, you know, coming from nature about warning and stuff. Like bees and wasps, stay away from them ideas and that design came out of it and there was all these crazy ideas about having a family that would just sort of be there forever nuclear big compounds yeah yeah ha. yeah a big compound and they would live there and they would be the guardians of the of the of the waste guardians uh, of the waste to make sure that nobody ever goes down there right yeah I don't know I just got a gut feeling it's bad yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm pretty fucking wary. I think it's uh but again also like is uh is nuclear waste or nuclear radiation that's highly localized uh worse than you know, lead and mercury poisoning 
just littering every waterway mm. globally. Um, Mm. like the invoice thing mm. you know just like heavy metals heavy mines and then uh leaking into into mm. into environments um yeah and that is the utilitarian argument about nuclear energy yeah it's, comparing uh, yeah it's, it's basically thinking about how many years of life are lost to say pollution uh or quality of life lost to pollution and adding that up against what would even be the worst situation with, say, nuclear... Yeah. But that's a very pro... I don't like that argument because it's, like, pro-life, which mm-hmm. I don't know what I, if I'm pro-life or not, but it just assumes <laughs> that life is good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're synonymous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Life yeah. and good. And I don't think... You know, it's just... It's like the argument of, like... Um, Oh, I stole this thing, but it's okay because of this. Mm. Like comparing it to something else. But can we just look at what it actually is and if that is the smartest mm. thing rather than comparing it to other things, which, yeah, they put it into perspective and that's helpful, but it still doesn't get to the root mm. of is it actually mm. uh, good? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. Whatever good means. Um, no, I think that's good. All right. <laughs> I think that's good. Mm. No, I, I think uh, I think there are huge, huge problems with utilitarianism as a means. Or like, I think utilitarianism as a worldview is partially what's got us into mm. this problem. This idea that things can be balanced out, yes, they're completely inco- mm. incomparable, and put mm. into the same value system, mm-hmm. and then balanced out. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that balance system is normally one that involves capital, or has largely involved capital. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm very wary, but also, yeah, I think the fact that it does often distract from, okay, so are we using nuclear or this rather than being like, are there other options? Uh, or like, yeah, which is which is worse in this metric without being like, okay, but maybe we shouldn't be. Maybe we need to reduce the amount of power we use. Yeah, are we making the most of what we've got? Yeah. Are we wasting? Yeah. Before we can we sort out the waste before we just try and produce more and more and more and more and more and more and more energy, which will produce more and more and more and more and more waste. Yeah. Um uh, like yeah, because I understand and then when you think about I don't know, we need electricity for hospitals and people are like, Oh yeah, that's true. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it, the world would collapse if it, all the electricity would just turn off and loads of people would die, wouldn't wouldn't it? So, mm. um, there's a really yeah. good quote I came across. It. it was a little bit what I was talking about with uh, the flying, like not flying, so that other people can fly. They need it. Mm-hmm. But it was in regards to mm-hmm. it was in regards to data. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have a lolly. Do you want one? Well, no, I am okay. Thank you very much, though. I mean, it is definitely worth it for a lolly. <laughs> Quote, the challenge is to avoid a use deemed precious from being impaired by the excessive consumption of another use deemed less essential. Can, can you read it again? Sorry. <laughs> the challenge is to avoid a use deemed precious from being impaired by the excessive consumption of another use deemed less essential. I can't follow it. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's a bit like... Mm. But it's break it down for me. Uh, to, so they're t- they're talking specifically in regards to data, mm-hmm. 
uh, or internet use and energy mm -hmm. in regards mm -hmm. to that. And um, uh, so they're saying the challenge when thinking about uh, planetary boundaries in regards to um, just read the entire set paragraph. From the standpoint of climate change and other planetary boundaries, it's not a question of being for or against pornography, telemedicine, Netflix or emails. Mm. The challenge is to avoid a use deemed precious from being impaired by the excessive consumption of another use deemed less essential. This makes a societal choice to be arbitrated collectively to avoid the imposition of constraints in our uses against our will and at our expense. Mm. So by watching too much pornography, are mm. we uh, using up a huge amount of energy that is, or let's say internet channels and mm -hmm. used elsewhere? Netflix, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like net, like during during the pandemic, Netflix, mm. the EU requested, I think it was a request on not a demand, mm. requested that Netflix and a couple of other video on demand services uh, lowered their bandwidth and lower the quality of videos that they were streaming because there was such a, mm. a heavy traffic mm -hmm. on the internet and it was impairing vital functions like mm. hospitals. Whoa, uh, really? Services. Yeah, like essentially all your emergency services were really struggling because suddenly you had this massive increase of bandwidth usage. Whoa. Yeah, so like I think it was from maybe March or April until um, June. Mm. They they all lowered it and like the most wow. the highest thing you could get on Netflix was maybe like ten eighty rather than four K. Wow. Uh, yeah, which is also like unbelievably stupid. The fact that most people need like four K streaming. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like a it's an idea that can be applied to so many aspects of mm. how we're thinking about the environment. Yeah. It's mm. like not making generalized or universalized rules for everyone, mm. but being like, okay, we need to limit this because mm. other people need this. Reserve this for these vital things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. And uh, it can be applied to everything essentially. Yeah. But reserve this amount of food for this amount of people. Yeah. Then then you can pick out. You yeah, know. kind of. Or like there mm. yeah, so in regards to flying, <laughs> we need there are certain people that mm. can only fly. So we should limit those who can should limit their flying. Mm. So that those people who can mm. only fly, who can't travel mm. uh, so that they can. Mm -hmm. Or so that those essential services can still travel so like yeah. into weird parts of the world that have absolutely no infrastructure mm -hmm. uh air ambulances blah 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 blah, blah. uh and yeah the same with like necessary heat saying hospitals necessary mm -hmm. internets mm -hmm. um yeah necessary transport necessary yeah Aero doesn't have internet yeah no, we're not. <laughs> no um I, I think also because I, I wasn't really listening so i'm just gonna because uh oh fuck what was it uh, fuck. yes yes the politics of it all yes 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 because we're going big picture aren't we yes 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 um because i'm, I'm trying to think with that regard uh right now i mean for example i hear what you're saying and it feels very much like a proposal for the future right mm. even though you could say it could be actualized as an 
ethics today. I think to actualize it as a as a justification for say policy or something like that, I still think is quite far off. I think that right now we're in this strange place, or I don't know if it's strange, but certainly I think the argument amongst even most conservative parties in Europe and the republics of America are the exception, but nonetheless, pretty much everybody accepts climate change, right, apart from a few fringe parties and a few fringe voters or whatever, and people realise it's a big issue, right? So we're at this sweet spot where it's entered the discourse as almost a positive thing because it means we can restructure our failing economies to create jobs with green production and green infrastructural spending. The Green New Deal, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we're at this point where that politics is viable maybe amongst enough of an electorate in most Western countries to be actualised, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Where I think that maybe the the climate crisis gets much worse, much quicker, Mm. and it does lead to that place in 20 years where we need a politics to shift completely and we need a politics of sacrifice. Now, maybe it won't get to that, but we need a politics of that kind of ethics. Um, And yeah, you see, I don't know. I mean, it's not been proven that you can actually... Like, what does that do to politics and the governance? If instead of politics being about giving people things, it's about what you take away from people. And that's a very, very strange, uh, uh, like, how do you sell that or something like Rationing. that? Rationing. Yeah, 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 like, it's, it's outside of war, it's, uh, and this big nationalistic... Oomph, yeah, but you can talk about things as being redistributive. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking you can have, uh, you can push to, you can push for libraries as a means of books for all, rather than, uh, I don't know, book vouchers. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. <laughs> but like there's, there's ways of, of rebuilding a society that is much more of a collective consumption and limiting, uh, limiting, yeah, like hyper consumption. You could have like, universal basic income which means people aren't in jobs producing stuff that is not necessary mm-hmm. uh, so th- I mean like I think there's always a plus to every minus mm-hmm. or you can always bring in policies that balance out the but, mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> well I'm just always thinking of the psychology of it yeah. like why, why, why do people want to um like that threat of taking things away from people, why does that get to us so mm. much? Why would that be so... Why would... Yeah. Because we somehow believe we are entitled to have all this stuff, mm. don't we? we? We think, I deserve to... I, I heard that Norway is like, maybe, I think it's second to Sweden. There was an economist that we met in Nordland, randomly, mm. who said they're like in the most pers- personal debt it's like the highest here in the world. Really? So everything you see around you is not really a representation. It's a representation of wealth in that it, but it's an abstract representation mm-hmm. of wealth because it's mm-hmm. like how the economy is stable. But it's actually so many people wow. here yeah. because they have stable income and everything. They're borrowing so much, yeah. and we're just living. And then you think, yeah, I own this car and I own this, and 
We're all just living way beyond our means. Yeah. How in one lifetime of work could you even afford a car? I don't, it's totally, you know, yeah. the amount of um, labor and materials and everything that goes into a car or a house, a car, a house I can imagine, but like we're living, it's, we're so disconnected from what things are actually worth. Mm-hmm. And then there's also this sense of entitlement, which I guess is a lot to do with privilege. Um, that we some we think we deserve it, and then to have it taken away, we're like babies and like you, know, you yeah. can't take my thing. Mm-hmm. And also, I had the thing about wealth, like the drive to be wealthy, is um, um, it's not about having stuff; it's about showing people that you have stuff. Mm. So it's like, how do we stop that attitude? Because that's the drive mm. to want to have stuff mm. and over consume. Like, oh yeah, I can afford five cars, or mm. I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, how how do we uh, change people's better propaganda? Yeah. yeah. I actually do think this is like partially a role that art can take. Is yeah. Like, rather than being like, oh, look at the climate crisis, mm. but more like, hey, <laughs> hey, did you know there's a positive side to this? <laughs> Not unlike our own project. Yeah. Because what do you, do you really need? need? What do you really need? Like yeah. that that statistic. What you say there about. Um, Norwegians having the highest level yeah. of like personal debt and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same in, in so many Western countries. There, yeah. I'd imagine there's a there's a there's an arbitrariness to Norway being the top of that list because its currency is so strong, right? It's all borrowed, so, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we yeah. see it's borrowed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think I think there is that thing. That's one of those like background statistics that when the next crisis, whatever yeah. that crisis yeah. is, that's the that's the statistic that people just go, "Oh, it was there all along." Yeah. You know, like that, that was, yeah. It was it was hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Um, that, that that there's something completely unsustainable about Boring. all of this. And yeah. I mean again, that is premised on the idea of future income earn, but also yeah. there's a guarantee in terms of the work environment that you've yeah. got your contract and, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and if those are diminished then of mm. course this becomes this massive uh, social problem. Yeah, yeah. Mm. As it's, it did in just about every other European yeah, country yeah, yeah. years ago, yeah. and Norway was hit, but obviously not that badly mm-hmm. hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's quite interesting to mm. to think about, like when I look around and see how wealthy the individuals are. But that's only mm. happened in one de- generation. Yeah. yeah. The like yeah. the previous generation, they they were poor. The boomers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They did. Uh, yeah, like growing up post-war. Yeah. But even like I was speaking the other to my my um my dad bought a flat in nineteen eighty three, I think yeah. it was, um for five thousand yeah. UK pounds. Wow. Um so that today I checked what that was worth today. So in terms of just raw inflation, like what it was inflated, okay. it was like fifteen thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. In terms of what they there was some website that called like real purchasing power. So what would it be like the exact equivalent of today? Eighteen thousand pounds, mm. like just insane. That flat is now really, pretty, yeah, yeah. That wow. flat, shitty forfer is, you know, obviously at least minimum four, five. In my lifetime, I was born in eighty six, so probably in my lifetime has gained five or six times its value. Probably. Okay, and then how much would it actually sell for? I don't now? know. Like now, I mean, like seventy, eighty thousand. So on top of that, condition. the cost of live the yeah, so on top yeah, of inflation yeah. also. The cost of renting has also yeah. 
gone insane. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You're, you're like, well, this, like, and this is what I mean, getting at That's the word earlier, maybe mm-hmm. when I was getting at earlier about this desire, like, you know that, you know that it's not working, you know that everything's broken, you know that everything is failing, right? But nothing has failed. Yeah. So you're kind of waiting, you're like, you have all these statistics and you're like, that, like that's just so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you just, how can it not all just collapse in on itself? Yet somehow, here we are, yeah. it hasn't collapsed in on itself. Maybe rent is a really important thing to talk about because yeah. if, people, if rent was not so extortionately high, uh-huh. people wouldn't have to work so much. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the drive. That's one of the drives for yeah. overworking. Is that it is actually just, especially in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really to... hard to make ends meet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So... I mean, both of us were working when we we're back. I think this yeah. is part of the reason that I'm like, I just, I can't picture a world where I go back to the UK as yeah. much as I'd like to. Because you know how hard you have to work. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a. Uh, yeah, it's it's just like this constant grind and this constant instability. And I don't think I realised until I moved here. Although I knew I was like obviously had quite a bit of anxiety. But I don't think until that sort of that just like background precarity. Like I'm still precarious yeah. in Norway. Yeah. But it's completely different to the UK where you're just yeah. it's more in line with the wages. Yeah, yeah, and just, yeah. yeah, the UK where you're just like, I don't know, I don't know if I have a job tomorrow, yeah. I don't know if I have work, like, I don't know if I have money next week. I I am very lucky that I can move, I can move my parents at one point. That's not the case for most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, but then, like, then that's because the wages here are higher. The, uh, yeah, and I think there's just, like, a general... I think we yeah. also bring our immigrant hustle with us yeah. Uh, yeah, or, or, our, yeah. or our neoliberalized yeah. UK subjectivity. Yeah. So in many ways, we're superior to the uh, stock Norwegian mm-hmm. option of the... Yeah, I mean, we're... We, you we, get more bang for your buck. Yeah, yeah, with us, because we've yeah. been conditioned. And, yeah, uh, and we're like, yeah, of course we'll work on Saturday and Sunday. And yeah, evening. of course I'll get up at 8 o'clock <laughs> to build a fucking Norwegian flat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the yeah. downside of the pay being good is that for services such as fixing a bike mm, or yeah. a car, it's actually often cheaper just to buy a whole new one. Because yeah. because labour is so it's high, yeah. it makes everything there's a real throwaway culture here. Like yeah. have you noticed how obsessed they are here with like interior yeah. design and like changing their furniture and yeah. and that's um because it's so cheap to buy new <laughs> yeah. compared to the wages. Yeah, yeah. Whereas to fix it it's like oh, yeah. I'm not gonna pay 2,000 krona for someone to mm-hmm. come round and fix my thing So when yeah. I buy a whole new one for that. Yeah. I have a friend who moved, he's Australian-Russian-American, mm. uh, but he moved to Tromsø for his first year of the I mean before mm. moving away, and he got into the habit of uh, like just taking equipment out of the e-trash. Mm. Or like the recycling for the, yeah. like the electronics, which is essentially just going to be like stripped for parts. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, and he, <laughs> I have two iPads in to be fair, semi-functioning state, but mm. largely functioning state. Uh, yeah, or like one of them is completely functioning, and the other one they needed like a knock on the back to to realign the screen connector. He got a laptop. He gave to one of our friends. He needed a laptop. A whole bunch of DVD players and like other slightly more obsolete tech. 
cables, etc. But just like he just had like an endless amount of yeah. stuff that was, you know, these iPads were maybe, yeah, yeah, like one of them just needed restarted. Like someone just needed to put the effort into like googling problem, like troubleshooting yeah. on the iPad. Uh, actually, yeah. it was a problem with both of them. And they were maybe like a little bit. I think they were like three years, three years old. It's sick. So so sick. So sick. And it's the same with like iPhones and like just. I mean, yeah, but at least, it's uh, all of it. But at least that person put it in the. the you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know, like, oh, that, that's fucked up. Obviously, to us, that's completely fucked up. Mm-hmm. But we, yeah, maybe if you're uh, a little bit older and you don't really understand yeah. how these things work, you're like, oh, okay. I don't know. At least they put it. In I the, don't at mean, least they put it in the recycling. Yeah, I don't mean sick as in I'm judging them as a person. I mean sick as in it's like a symptom so of a of yeah. a. An illness. Yeah. 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 But it um, is. I mean, I think the fact that everyone, again, I think I think one of the reasons that I started when I moved here, down this line, like I, I, my research essay for for coming to Tonga was a completely different arena. Like there was, I was just wanting to do something completely different, yeah. and, and I think I moved to Norway and just had such an extreme culture shock yeah. in regards to like. Yeah. Yeah, work attitudes, environment. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like gadget. The the gadgets. There's like mm-hmm. so much gadgetry and this like in massive throwaway culture. Mm. Oh, my arm hurts. Oh, that's the Bill Gates the arch, on the like, arch to ding, Google ding, ding, ding. photos of Bill Gates and send him messages <laughs> saying you want his babies. Oh. That hurts. Oh, no. Oh, well, no mentoring for you. Not, like, really, really painful, but just, like, mm, that doesn't feel good, you know? Yeah, but I think that's what a lot of people say, you get sore arm and stuff. But what is it? Why? Well, I think it's because you've got a big, long thing going into you. You know, that would hurt. It's only that long. But then, I know, but still, that would hurt, yeah. No, but it's not really to, like, you don't have any pain when you get blood taken out, and that's, like... Yeah, so. true. Even oh, bigger. Okay. Oh, so it's not about actually going no, in. No, it's, it's something like... to do with this nasty stuff going around my body now. Probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so like it is like a weird thing injecting some shit into your body. Yeah. Like even if it's completely localized, like you are just putting yeah. something alien in your body, and your body is like, hmm, well, this is a. I mean, he's like, I would have preferred the Johnson and Johnson. Uh, <laughs> this is Pfizer, no. The Johnson Johnson. Johnson Johnson, yeah, like no more tears. Yeah. That's bad. Um, uh, what were we talking about? I don't know, I got really distracted. What were we talking about? Uh, uh, throwaway culture. Throwaway culture, Norway. We were talking yeah, about just Norway. Talking about yeah, Norway. no, I think that's a, good, that's a good thing to talk about. Just three foreigners talking about how weird Norway is. <laughs> how strange it is, how strange in so many ways that it's a very anglophone culture. Yeah. Uh, like, social media culture young people slang uh, the, the Instagram culture uh, the football culture that's obviously important from the UK like so many Americanisms in the language obviously the music important from the United States cinema important from the United States so many American TV series and British TV series uh, like cream crime British crime dramas and stuff like that yeah it's also just incredibly Norwegian in the same way 
uh, that there is just a certain, yeah, what's the best way to put it? Uh, oh, it's very Norwegian, isn't it? It's very Norwegian. Um, I think I'm going to have to go to home soon. Yeah. Can I continue with my emissions? Yeah. yeah. What we talk about? What we talk about? What we do? What do we want to round up on? Do we want to talk about? Uh, would you would you want Lauren to, to say? I'll say it. Whatever you want. Take <laughs> <laughs> the gun out of my face. Your, your, no. your, experience, um, your experience of Norway. My experience of Norway is the land of milk and honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, maybe because we have a. Water, 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 water. No, uh, we've obviously zoned in on three things that we see as being like. I don't know, environmentally damaging within the arts, oh, but like... You're asking her a real question, oh, okay. Yeah, kind of, or just... As an industry, what are the areas that we could maybe... What, what are the things we need to zoom in on? Yeah, environmentally. Um, like at, at, at a big in, level in, in of the industry. No, just in, in the arts. In the arts? Yes. Uh, I think um, there was a good show I saw at the Glasgow International actually. Mm. Like, there was an exhibition of these like ginormous sculptures mm. that people had made, and then didn't know what the fuck to do with them. You know, where do you store them? Yeah. And so there was an exhibition of like reject sculptures in a way. Mm. I think that if we could, I don't know how big a contributor the material stuff is to mm. compared to like construction mm. but then again yeah more education on what art can be that's mm. not only always an object mm. would be helpful because then if you see an uh, um, I'm not against objects mm. it's just that like then he, people's experience of art like what it signifies can be so much more than material. Mm. Oh, but materials, yeah, but artists still have more materials. Where, so, but then now, in these times, it doesn't feel more appropriate to be working with like what we, what we already have rather than yeah. adding new shit to the world. I mean, I came to the conclusion in my art practice about that a long time ago. I'm just, I've just been using charcoal and mud mm. before I moved to Norway. I was like, I just don't want to add more shit to the world, basically. Mm. Um, so, so to, it's something to do with education of what art mm. can be. Um, that would be focus. Mm-hmm. Was it just one answer or did you want yeah. three? I mean, you can give us three if you want, but <laughs> if you also have to go, then that's... So no, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll like tidy up while I'm traveling. I have to think about it. The, okay, next I, I'm not very good at value, down, basically. The value of artist led activity endeavors. Yeah, sure, there's lots of things there. There you go, riff on it. The value of artist led activity and endeavors. And I could complicate the question by asking, as opposed to institutionalized or industrialized. Oh. Artistic efforts, but well, you can just add to the, it, you can just riff. I mean, it doesn't have you know bring out your ear at the top. I mean, institutions have hierarchies. 
So I think feel like you're not making the most of everyone when there's a hierarchy. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So artist-led initiatives, not more often than not, don't have a hierarchy. Yeah. Well, they normally do actually. <laughs> a latent yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> and that is mm. normally why they fall apart. Yeah, but often that, that hierarchy is a little bit more in flux. Like it's a changing thing. That's true. Sometimes some people are taking the lead and Yeah, and that nice when that can be communicated. Like, oh I'm gonna leave this now. You step back. Yeah. Yeah. Or people moving in and out, so like you have like different energies coming in and out of the picture over the over the course of the year. Well, I guess institutions, they latch on to, they're, they're secondary because let's say an artist-led space is where an artist-led initiative or something is where new things can happen mm -hmm. because always institutions are going to be looking to artists mm -hmm. first, right? So, so it's like chicken and the egg. Well, the artist is the, the one where everyone's first. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what I believe. Mm -hmm. So, I uh, don't really know where I'm going with that. But, um... I think that's a super interesting point, the idea of making the most out of everybody. That without mm -hmm. that hierarchy, you could, yeah, you can draw on everyone and the skills that people have. And often working in a hierarchy, yeah. you're unaware or you're unable to access the, all the skills, yeah, the expertise, and potential for billions that... Yeah, like what if the cleaner is also amazing at cooking Yeah. or has an mm. amazing knowledge of paint or I don't know, like mm. the... Yeah, 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 yeah. The, but yeah. I hate that example of using the cleaner always because that actually just reinforces the hierarchy. Yeah, but I used to be a cleaner. So actually I think it's like a... Or like yeah. I have mostly been a cleaner. They're always seen as the bottom though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it is this weird shadow job where you come in where no, when nobody else is there and you work, you're yeah. completely unseen. Yeah, you're unseen, everyone. which is yeah. why it could be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it, like consistently undervalued as a job. I think particularly as a job because it's an invisible job, not just that the person doing yeah. it is invisible, but the work itself or the outcome. It's not productive, it functions through its absence. Yeah. But I, uh, I do, I, I think it's not universal, but often the cleaner is paid more than a lot of the, a lot of the staff at a lot of institutions, you know what I mean? Like, because it is that. Often because, well, often firstly because they're outsourced. So they're, they're you know, so what the institution pays is like raw for the, for the cleaner is, is incredible. But then also in terms of just what the cleaner makes, and I think especially in Norway, I think we're sort of unionized, it's obviously much higher. And in the yeah. UK, it's still pretty cheap, but you know, like a lot of the time you can be making good money as a cleaner, more so than say a lot of the people in the, in the institution. So there is this bizarre relationship. Especially artists. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the bottom of the hierarchy is. Yeah. They're probably looking down on the artist, like, yeah, yeah, what the fuck yeah, are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can afford, like, I can feed my children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I, I did see that with some artists. It's like, the difference between artists and 
pizza makers is the pizza maker can feed their children. Yeah, most people can just have kids and afford it, whereas artists are like, yeah, we need to think about kids, yeah, you know, it really damages the environment and you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Just pure cope that we can't make any money. Yeah. To, you know, and to, you know, cover it in a million layers of over intellectualizing. <laughs> I think we covered some good ground there. Yeah. yeah, overall. Yeah.